The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. You are listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. You know, I've had a crazy week. The dogs get out of our broken fencing. All of them were rounded up except our little hammy. Well, let's just say that I got him back, but I had to put up a $500 reward to get him back sooner than later. And then when I did get him back, the person cut his hair off claiming that he all got all burred out and covered in burrs. So he thought it would be better to wash him, bathe him, and cut his hair. I don't know. All I can say is that I got him back, and I really want to thank my dear friend Patty and Jennifer from 941 Lost Pets for all the help they gave me with their site in uh, Manatee and Sarasota counties, putting up a picture of my dog very quickly. Well, let's kick off the show with our countdown. In segment four, we're talking with Eric Stewart, Global Managing Director at Varian Medical Systems, discussing their partnership with VCA Pet Cancer Care Centers and about their new advances in pet cancer radiotherapy treatment at its specialty hospitals. And in three, moving on to segment three, Olivia Ruhlman and Igor Popov from ApartmentList.com talk about the top pet-friendly cities in the U.S. Do you live in a pet-friendly city? Well, if you don't, let's brainstorm online later this week how we can make that happen in your community. And two, this is where we get to dish about celebrities and their pets and talk about flex facts. Find out what celebrity couple asked if they could bring their new German Shepherd puppy to the Golden Globes. And if you've been seeing the stories on air, all over the TV, all about CES, the computer electronics show. Well, I was there and I'm going to tell you what I sniffed out. And now in one, did you know that developing a health and wellness plan is a plan of action geared toward achieving and enhancing your pet's wellness? Joining us today is Dr. Jillian Anglis, Clinical Assistant Professor, Small Animal Medicine from the College of Veterinary Medicine, Western University of Health Sciences. Thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. You know, I think the big question is, this year, we have to take better care of our pets. So why is it important to develop a health and wellness plan for your dog or cat? You know, a good health and wellness plan is going to help your pet live the longest, healthiest life with you possible. Um, when we consider aspects of the specific pet and their environment, we can help make decisions for general care at home and veterinary care to avoid potentially a lot of major health and lifestyle complications. And I see that as a result being a stronger human-animal bond and a longer, better quality of life. Great, great answer. So let's talk about, let's start by assessing our pet's current health and wellness. You know, what should you ask yourself about your pet. I mean, let's be honest, because a lot of people have overweight pets, for example, and think their pet looks fine. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, perception is, is, is really important, um, and sensitive for all of us, of course. Um, 
You know, it's interesting. Um, there are some guidelines that farm animal organizations and shelter organizations use to think about animals and, and how they're doing, and they have these five freedoms. Um, and some of these might seem basic of things that, of course, we do this, like freedom from hunger and thirst. Um, but there's other ones like freedom from discomfort, pain, injury, or disease, ability to express their normal behavior, and freedom from fear or distress. And I think that those can also fundamentally form the basis of how we think about our pets' well-being sure. um, and how to approach their plan. But specifically, I think we should ask ourselves, you know, are the animals showing the basic hallmarks of health? You know, they're eating, drinking, going to the bathroom normally, and things like that. Um, is the pet's body condition and nutritional plan appropriate? And um, there are some resources on the Internet, but it's always great to consult with your veterinarian about learning how to assess a patient's body condition and knowing what healthy is. Sometimes we just really don't know uh, based on the images that we see. And a lot of times we um, say to ourselves, oh, look at my little puppy, and he's like 13 years old. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. guilty of that too. So when you start noticing things like maybe he's limping, you're like, okay, he's a senior. You kind of have to get out of that puppy thought phase and say, okay, what do senior pets have to deal with? Great, great information. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Jillian Anglis. That's Dr. Jillian Anglis, veterinarian, who is a clinical assistant professor, small animal medicine from College of Veterinary Medicine, Western University of Health Sciences. That's a mouthful. Glad I got through that. Well, I'm going to move on with our questions. So what are important goals to set? What should we think yeah. about? I, I think they stem from the things we were just talking about. Um, maintaining a healthy weight and body condition for the pet, as well as a good nutritional plan. Um, ensuring appropriate preventive care for your specific pet. That's going to be lifestyle and region specific. Um, so you might need certain vaccines and not need others or recommend certain preventatives. Um, things like that. And then routine reevaluation of your pet for changes. Like you mentioned that, that limping animal and I'll sometimes hear, well, they're just aging, you know, is slowing down. But there could be something there structurally or discomfort wise that they're dealing with that we might be able to intervene on. You know, I'm actually glad that you brought up different regions and regional health concerns because I think a lot of people don't realize there's certain things specific to your region. For example, I live in Florida, and one of the things that we're worried about down here for pets, especially pets who swim in lakes and go in water, is blue-green algae, whereas somebody in South Dakota who listens to the show or Boone, North Carolina or Albuquerque, New Mexico, all of which my listeners come from, you know, they might have different regional concerns. So it's really important to know what regional concerns, what regional health concerns are. And really, you're going to get that from your veterinarian. He's going to be the forefront of your pet's, you know, health, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you may know some of the ones in your area, but certainly um, having that good consultation with your veterinarian for them to kind of help educate you and, you know, even learn about your pet. Do they go to dog parks? Do they go to dog, you know, daycares? Is your cat inside or does it go outside? Those also impact some of those decisions. You know, one of the things that you also mentioned that I think is really important is nutrition. Talk about that and, and really kind of changing or adding to your pet's overall pet, uh, pet health plan, pet health and wellness plan. Yeah, so there was a study, um, done a little bit over 10 years ago that found that animals fed to, um, this was in dogs, a healthy body weight, a lean body weight lived, um, median of 1.8 years longer and animals that were fed to be moderately overweight. And that's just such a remarkable number. That's a good amount of time in a dog's life. 
Um, so there's a lot of evidence that if we can keep them at a healthy body condition through their life, they're going to have an extended life and also prevent some other illnesses like diabetes, increased pain with arthritis, and breathing problems. So I think, one, a good body condition is incredibly important. The other big thing is having the nutritional plan be balanced, meeting all the nutrient needs. It is possible um, for, especially if we're like home cooking and things like that, for us to not have an appropriate balance of um, nutrients for them. And that might impact especially for growing animals, their ability to grow um, healthy and prevent um, potentially orthopedic problems and other hormonal conditions. Great. Great. So much great information. You know, I love having you on the show. I'm definitely going to tap you back to come over and, and talk with us again because you always give us great information and it's always presented in a very thoughtful and sensitive way. And, you know, I, I, I like that. You know, sometimes we have to really listen to the information. We have to absorb it. And we also have to think about how we can, for example, like you said, afford certain things um, to add to our pet's health and wellness plan and just our overall budget. Money is very, very important for some people. They have free flow and some people don't, but we do want to do the best we can for our pets. And of course, money matters to a certain extent. So Dr. Jillian Anglis, thank you so much for joining us. We love having you here, like I said. Oh, thank you so much. It was a great opportunity. I hope to come back. Well, everyone, that was Dr. Jillian Anglis, Clinical Assistant Professor, Small Animal Medicine from the College of Veterinary Medicine, Western University of Health Sciences. Love having her. Definitely listen to this interview more than once, maybe twice. It might really help you in your 2020 plans for your pet for the new year. Up next, celebrity pet news and, of course, Flex Facts. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? I love animals and want my pets to be healthy, so I asked our vet who recommended EpiPet Ear Cleaner. It's super simple, and it even smells good. Every week I use it on both my dog and my cat to gently remove wax and debris. I even told my friend Aiden to try EpiPet on his dog Sophie, who always had red ears. But not anymore. Now we both have happy and healthy pets. Thanks, EpiPet. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up like magic. 
Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz this morning. This show is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. So let's get on with the celebrity news portion of the show. Well, Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas revealed that they tried to bring their German Shepherd puppy to the 77th Annual Golden Globes Award Ceremony last Sunday, but were sadly told no. Well, the dog's name is Gino. He's a German Shepherd, and he may be the best, according to Jonas, but really, would he be welcome at the Golden Globes? The couple have big plans for the dogs. Jonas, who is a type 1, that's juvenile diabetes, is planning on turning the dog into a diabetic alert dog. And then once he's a service dog, then, of course, he'll be invited everywhere and will go everywhere, including the Golden Globes and probably the Oscars. So let's wait to see what's going to happen with Gino. I know he's not getting along with Diana. That's Chopra's dog that she's had for a long time. Uh, I believe her dog's a Chihuahua. So we'll find out a little bit more about that in the weeks to come. Well, Dr. Fleck is not with me for Fleck's Facts. So I'm going to have to take this portion over the show and talk about my recent trip to CES. You know, CES is the computer electronics show, and about 175 people come from all over the world to see the latest and greatest, even the new pet products. And really, all of it focuses on technology. But here's the deal. A lot of these super cool products that you've been seeing on the news, they don't even make it to market. So I want to talk today about two products that I really love that are actually out now. And they were CES Innovation Honorees. So let's start with spot-on virtual fencing with GPS. It's a containment center as well as a GPS program. Now, here's what I love about it. Believe it or not, it has no barriers. Like Unlike traditional fencing, there's no wire under the ground. So really what you do is you set it up by walking the perimeter. How about that? And it also has 10 containment centers that's in its brain. So whether it's your boyfriend's house, your grandmother's house, the house in the country, you go camping, you can set that up. And what I love about the GPS part is if your pet leaves the area within 10 seconds, you're going to get alerts and you're going to get instructions to find him. Now, if I had that, I could have very easily found Hammy and wouldn't have had to pay that $500 reward. Okay, so let's talk about cats. So for cats, you got to check out the Shore Pet Care, Shore Feed Microchip Pet Feeder Connect, which enhances the health and life of your furry friend. It is also a CES innovation honoree. The feeder accurately records how much a pet eats every day. So you will know how much your cat eats every day. Here is the best part. It recognizes a pet's identification microchip. So if your cat is already chipped, it will recognize it. It's a very nice, sleek design with kind of a bar hanging over. You'll have to see it. I posted pictures. Don't worry, both of these products. But 
the bar actually is a microchip reader. And I actually talked about it on TV this past week. So I am going to put up the video so you guys can see that. Okay. Cause I really want you to check these two products out. So what's great about that, you can use the microchip reader or you can actually have the Sure Pet Care RFID collar tag on your pet. And both of these can, the feeder will recognize so that when it opens to feed your cat, other cats won't steal the food. Okay. So the features include set food type, whatever type of food you're feeding your dog, quality and frequency of a pet's meals. It can even, you can even let you know on your cell phone, of course, because you know, all this technology works with your cell phone when the last time your pet was fed and you can monitor how much your pet eats. Now that's key, especially if you have a fat cat and you want to slim him down. And you, it'll also let you know of any changes in his feeding behavior. You know, the great thing about technology, it really is changing the way we take care of our pets. It helps us with our busy lives and schedules, and it provides that ease that we need. But also the data really helps us get our pet on track, get our cats and dogs on track so that we know their behavior. And that's why we love tech products, you know? So if you can check out both of these, and like I said, I'm going to put the pictures up. Um, you're going to see them, me explaining them on video, uh, this past week at CES, uh, on KLAS 8 News Now. Okay. So stay tuned. We always got more of the pet buzz coming up after the break. And I bet you can't wait for my I likey of the week. Like it. I don't like it. I love it. Mm-hmm. My name is Michelle Schaefer. I'm the mom of three boys, and I'm from Haddonfield and North Wildwood, New Jersey. I met Aladdin through my work with Lilo's Promise Animal Rescue, and I foster the emaciated dogs that come into our program. Aladdin came to us. He had been dumped at the side of the road. He weighed about 18 pounds. He had broken bones, other wounds, and he was missing 12 teeth. He was the worst abuse case I had ever seen. The most moving experience that I've had while working with Aladdin were when we were first responders at the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, Florida. And Aladdin usually works off leash. He was on leash that night and he led me over to a very specific person. And here that man had been in the nightclub the night of the shootings. He and Aladdin shared a very special moment that really made me cry. Aladdin has changed the way I see the world in a million different ways. The main thing is to treat people with kindness and compassion. My name is Michelle Schaefer, and Aladdin and I are individuals. I'm petrinologist Charlotte Reed with a healthy pet, healthy you tip. There are many reasons that you might have to shelter at home with your pets, such as unsafe air quality, dangerous roads, and or high winds and flying debris, but you have to be prepared. So here are some suggestions. Make sure your pet's inside. If it's unsafe for you to be outside, it's unsafe for him too. Know the location of your pet's emergency go bag. It should have already been stocked with extra food, water, first aid kit, and other essentials your pet needs. Take your pet with you to a room that's safe. The room's location is based on whether you are sheltering from a hurricane, earthquake, tornado, flood, or blizzard. If there's a wildfire, it's best to take your pet and leave the premises immediately. Bring a battery-operated radio to ensure that you can get updates from emergency officials, even if the power goes out and your phone or internet connection or down. 
if time allows, move your pet's favorite bed or blanket to your safe room so that you can make him as comfortable as possible until the threat passes. Since pets can get restless if cooped up inside in one room, bring items to keep him engaged, such as toys, games, and learning activities. Make sure your pet has a place to relieve himself. Keeping puppy pee pads on hand can be useful for this purpose, as can potty training your dog to go indoors. Have a few disposable litter boxes for cats, too. Make sure to have cleaning supplies on hand in case of an accident. Keep your pet away from the windows. Debris may be flying around during a storm due to high winds. In fact, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention says that flying debris is the most common cause of injury during a hurricane. Be ready for you and your pet to leave at a moment's notice. Keep your dog's leash, crate, or carrier and any necessarily travel gear near the exit. For cats, have a carrier or pop-up shelter and other essentials. Once gone, you can refer to your emergency evacuation plan. You know, pets know when there's panic in the air, so try to remain as calm as possible. This is pet trendologist Charlotte Reed with a healthy pet, healthy you tip. Stay safe. Sure, I'm a little rough and tough. Somebody's got to me. I like the outdoors. Camping, boating, riding in your truck with my head out the window. Yeah, I'll poop outside. Doesn't everyone? A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. We first heard about EpiPet at our local rescue shelter where our family adopted Lucy, a 10-year-old yellow lab. She was in tough shape, but we noticed within just a few days how soft and thick her coat was getting. She has more energy now, loves to chase her favorite tennis ball, and most importantly, how happy and healthy Lucy is now. We could not be happier. Thanks, EpiPet. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, just visit epi-pet.com. That's epi-pet.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm pet Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. And I'm going to tell you my I likey for the week. That's the way it has to be because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. Well, my I like you for the week is the Trixie Poker Box Activity for Dogs. Guess where you're going to find it? It's going to be at Sam's Club. So here's the deal. Canines can be gamers too. You can keep your pet busy with the Trixie Poker Box activity for dogs. So think about this. Each compartment has a different challenge for your dog to master in order for him or her to retrieve a treat. Their lids, their flaps, their knobs, their ropes, and their drawers. I'm going to, of course, put a picture so you can see it. And there's also a video. It's only $16.98. And it's at Sam's Club, which I think is a great price. And I'm going to post a picture because it looks super fun and your dog is going to love it. Great activity you can leave for your dog in the morning or on a a little time when you're going out, you know, out and about on the town for the weekend. So like I said, your dogs are going to love it. Mine did. Let's move on. Well, as a pet parent, have you ever thought of just how crucial it is to live in a pet friendly city? 
Well, if you own a pet, you know how important it is to find the right place to call home, not just for you, but for your furry friend. And joining us today is Olivia Ruhlman, content specialist, and Igor Popov, chief economist at apartmentlist.com. Olivia and Igor, welcome to the Pet Buzz. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Thank you for having us. So, Olivia, what prompted apartmentlist.com to create the report about the best and worst cities for pets? Well, the number one reason pets are surrendered to shelters is due to moves. And we wanted to help create create greater transparency for renters. Our motto here at Apartment List is everyone deserves to find a home they love. And, hey, we believe pets do, too. That's awesome. That's a great answer. So, Igor, how were your results determined with this this great new survey? What was the methodology and how many cities were reviewed? Absolutely. We surveyed the entire community of apartmentless users. Um, we got back uh, nearly 40,000 responses. And one of the things that we asked in the survey was, how satisfied are you with your city when it comes to pet friendliness? We think the one of the best ways to judge satisfaction is just go out and ask people how happy they are. And that was really the key variable that we used in the study. And we got enough responses to be able to analyze nearly 200 cities uh, in this report. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking to Olivia Rollman and Igor Popoff. I love that name, Popoff, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. from ApartmentList.com <laughs> about the top pet-friendly cities in the United States. So, Olivia, tell us, what are the top 10 pet-friendliest cities and why? Of course. Well, to start us off, number one on the list is Spring, Texas. We found over 89% of renters in Spring, Texas are satisfied with the pet friendliness of the city. Number two on the list is Fort Collins, Colorado. Coming in at number three is right near the capital of Alexandria, Virginia. Number four on the list is Beaverton, Oregon. Number five is Austin, Texas. Ranking in at number six is Denton, Texas. Number seven is Boulder, Colorado. Number eight is Seattle, Washington. Number nine is Charlottesville, Virginia. And then rounding out our top 10 is Boise, Idaho, with over 80% of renters reporting satisfaction with the pet friendliness of the city. Wow, Charlotte, they're not very pet friendly around us, I guess, huh? <laughs> I think Sarah said it was like 119. It was like really close to the bottom of those. I'm actually not surprised about Fort Collins because there's a vet school there. Mm-hmm. So I could understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they actually, believe it or not, that's where um, Dr. Stephanie McGrath is doing CBD. She was one of the first people to do CBD research. For, well, down here, Gainesville has the University of Florida, but, but it didn't make the but list. It's in horse country. Didn't make the list. Yeah. Yeah. Did not make the apartment pet-friendliest cities list. Olivia, let's follow up with something here. What what unusual pet-friendly amenities did you find in rental buildings? That's a great question again, Dr. Fleck. We found a lot of indoor play spaces as well as outdoor areas that are exclusively for pets. Also, a few of our apartments actually had grooming rooms. So that kind of rounded out and made it really pet friendly for renters who are coming into a new city. And to have those amenities right on site, um, that was kind of the unusual ones we found. 
You know, I, and I think those are really, really important these days. I mean, I remember uh, my last few years in New York City before I moved down to Florida. There were some great, there were grooming rooms, there were playrooms. I actually remember, do you remember when I was in Cleveland? I was doing Fox yeah. the Cleveland show. It was amazing because I got to Cleveland. It was probably like 12 o'clock at night. The show was the next day. And I was so cold. I didn't want to walk tie. Mm. But the building between the hotel part and the living the residence there was a room that you could just go and your dog could go use the bathroom well in Cleveland, thought, that's probably important it was totally important I, and i have to tell you i always said i would stay there again only because i didn't have to go outside in the freezing weather so i really like those kind of amenities i think are great the grooming room the play space and then i remember when i looked at your survey olivia there was an area between two buildings that had kind of an outdoor potty area too right yes yes is it was that boston i believe that was in Boston, yes. Yeah, that was pretty cool between the two parts. I mean, you can go take your pet up. You can, like, you don't even have to go to the dog park. You can just kind of take a ride on the elevator with Fido and hang out, like the pseudo-made dog park from the apartment building. I think that was kind of cool. Okay, so Igor, we're curious about the availability of pet-friendly apartments as well as rent in some of the pe- most pet-friendly cities. So how does the rent and the apartment availability compare to the nation's average? Yes, extremely important here. Um, what we see in the data is that nationally, about half of apartments are are dog friendly or cat friendly. Uh, they'll let you bring your furry friend when you uh, come in and sign your lease. You look at a place like Austin, Texas, that's fifth on our list for pet friendliness satisfaction. Uh, there, seventy five percent of of apartments uh, are allowing uh, dogs and cats. You know, you go to the bottom of the list, a place like Oakland, where I used to live, that doesn't even crack the top 100. That's down a huge contributing factor uh, to pet friendliness is just how easy is it to find a place where you can move in with your dog, with your cat. And affordability is really important, too, because if you are, especially if you are going through life with two big dogs at your side, you want some additional space. You can't have that break the bank. We find that by and large, the cities that are doing well in pet friendliness also tend to be more affordable. There are places where you can get more space without necessarily having all the income fly away to the building on the first of the month. Well, you know, it's actually really interesting that you mentioned Oakland because I know in San Francisco, it's really, really difficult to find a dog-friendly apartment. It's almost nil. But it's good that Oakland's a great choice and it's a really super diverse city. Plus, they've got some great sports teams. That are moving to Las Vegas. Well, there's still some that are still good. So, you know, let's let's look on the positive. Right? Right, Igor? Okay, we flipped the coin. I lost none of it, so I have to ask this next question. Olivia. What city's placed at the bottom of the list? Hey, Dr. Fleck, I don't think you're going to be very surprised. Um, Rounding out the bottom of our list are cities like Cleveland, Ohio, Detroit, (laughs) Michigan, Newark, New Jersey. But the number one um, least pet-friendly city on our list is actually San Bernardino, California. We found only 25% of renters are actually satisfied with the pet-friendliness. So compared to the top of our list, where it's actually 89%, that's a huge um, difference. Wow. I'm really surprised. I thought California liked pets. Well, it's one city in California. Mm -hmm. Well, Olivia and Igor, thank you so much for joining us today. I know a number of our pet 
listeners that are planning on relocating are going to find this information and very even, helpful. And even people are here, they want to have an idea of how friendly their city is. You know, maybe they stay in their circle. I mean, are more businesses moving in? Are there veterinarians? And how to make it better. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, everyone, that was Olivia Rollman and Igor Popoff from ApartmentList.com discussing the pet-friendly cities in the United States. Learn more about their new survey and pet-friendly cities for apartment dwellers at ApartmentList.com. Up next, it's Global Pet News Time, and I'm going to be talking about Australia, so stay tuned. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. I'm petronologist Charlotte Reed. I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We're urban, suburban, and, and country. And now, pet buzz news from around the globe. Well, this is a big story. You know, millions of animals are dying from the Australian fires, and the environment is going to suffer for years to come. The blazes, which have been burning across Australia for months, have raised homes, wiped out entire towns. It's so sad. So the blazes, which have been burning across Australia for months, have raised homes and wiped out entire cities. And millions, nearly 18 million of acres of land have been burned. Much of it is bushland, forest, and national parks, homed to the country's beloved and unique wildlife. Nearly half a billion animals have been impacted by the fires in New South Wales alone, with millions potentially dead, according to ecologists at the University of Sydney. Well, that figure includes, now check this out, birds, reptiles, mammals, except bats. It also excludes insects and frogs, meaning the true number is really likely to be much higher. The total number of animals affected nationwide could be as high as a billion, according to Christopher Dickman, the University of Sydney ecologist who led the report. Okay, so fires are nothing new to Australia, but they've been growing more intense and becoming more destructive in recent years. A problem, really, that has been acerbated by climate change. And animals are right there. They're on the front lines. And Australia has the highest rate of species loss of any area in the world. And researchers fear that rate could increase as the fire disaster continues. I mean, Australia is burning up and so are the animals. Australia, where you remember a few months ago, I talked about Australia killing cats because they think they're an invasive species that are killing their wildlife. Well, that is like not even something they're thinking about now. So now they've got this bigger problem. So next week, I'm going to find someone who can talk about Australia 
and the impact of the fires on the animals. So definitely be back with me, you know, next week. Okay. So November, as you know, was Pet Cancer Awareness Month. And we talked about that on the show with Joshua Lakowitz. But now we want to take that conversation a little further and discuss new technology that is available to dogs, cats, and their owners. Joining us today to talk about new developments in the fight against pet cancer is Eric Stewart, Global Managing Director at Varian Medical Systems. Eric, welcome to the Pet Buzz today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So let's start with you telling us how many pets are diagnosed with cancer each year and how many die from it. Well, it's hard to say how many are actually diagnosed, but I can give you some numbers behind pets and pet cancer. Uh, In the U.S., there are about 180 million dogs and cats, and approximately 12 million of those get cancer annually. You compare that to humans, there are approximately 320 million people in the U.S., and only 1.6 million get cancer annually. That's about seven times more dogs and cats getting cancer annually in the U.S. than humans. And with the population difference, dogs and cats are actually getting cancer roughly 13 times the rate of humans. So it's pretty significant. Oh, that's disturbing. It is disturbing, and that's why I'm so glad that you're here and we can talk about this. We need to keep the topic and the conversation going so that people Making can understand exactly our, our pet owners. what's happening within the fight for cancer. Well, Eric, can you talk to us a little bit about VCA Pet Cancer Care Centers? How many are there across the United States? And talk to us about how they're putting together individual treatment plans for pets. Sure. Yeah, VCA currently has 35 sites that are participating in their Pet Cancer Care Alliance, and, and it's growing. Um, VCA has really made a significant commitment to leveraging their vast network of sites to provide better access to cancer care for pets everywhere. Today, when you look at creating treatment plans for pets, it typically falls on the radiation oncologists in the veterinary world. In the human cancer treatment world, dosimetrists do all the treatment planning. Um, so treatment planning can actually be a very time-consuming part of the job, many times two to three hours per treatment plan for a pet. Uh, because of this, Varian has hired veterinary-trained dosimetrists on staff and is providing treatment planning as a service for sites that need assistance. And for this, we're using Varian's Eclipse treatment planning software and are able to fully utilize all the latest tools, along with a database of previous pet treatment plans and artificial intelligence to create the best plans possible. You know, who would think like two to three hours, you know, these treatment plans plan. for a plan? I mean, you just wouldn't think that. So it's very, very time consuming and everything really, it sounds like has, has to be just like humans, very carefully managed. Absolutely. Well, it's great that treatment and diagnosis are progressing so much. But what are the two primary goals behind the creation of the VCA Pet Cancer Care Center's initiative? Yeah, I think that really the two primary goals is to provide the best possible cancer care for pets and really better access to cancer care. Uh, today, there are about 90 veterinary sites in the U.S. that have radiation therapy services, and we believe that through this partnership, that number can grow and will grow significantly in the coming years, which will make a tremendous impact on pets and pet owners uh, and giving them much, much better access to care. It's unbelievable just how much, especially in the last few years, for the developments of cancer and how the fight against cancer is just moving in the... And similar as it is in treatment for humans as we're progressing in that direction. Well, if you just joined us, we're talking with Eric Stewart, the Global Managing Director at Varian Medical Systems, about VCA's Pet Cancer Care Centers. The fight against cancer, Eric, 
really includes advanced and efficient therapies available. Yes. Can you talk about your relationship, the Varian Medical Systems and the VCA Pet Cancer Care Center's relationship and how that's developing? Yeah, absolutely. You know, technology has come a really long way in the last 10 plus years. Um, you know, VCA has committed to using Varian's latest and greatest technology, including our fully integrated suite of software products and services. This will allow them to ensure they, have, they are delivering the best possible treatments to pets in the shortest possible time. This is really the same technology that is found in the top human cancer centers around the world. So we're really excited about, about being able to partner with VCA to help drive this level of care for pets. So back a little bit to the radiotherapy. Why is radiotherapy so important to pet cancer treatments? And are, are there some side effects too? You know, radiotherapy is, is, is really critical for pets for a couple of different reasons. You know, number one, it enables us to deliver a much higher dose uh, to the cancer tumor much faster and much more accurately than ever before. Uh, this allows many of the treatments for pets to be reduced to three to five treatments versus 15 to 20. Wow. Which is really a big deal. Yeah, it's really a big deal when you consider that a pet has to be put under anesthesia every time they go in for a treatment. So being able to have this kind of reduction is huge for the pet and the pet owner. It's just unbelievable. It really is. You know, and I think when you mentioned side effects, um, you know, there really aren't that many side effects anymore. You know, they're they're typically pretty minimal uh, for most treatments. You know, some, if you catch uh, late stage cancer, you know, you have to be more aggressive. There could be more side effects, obviously, just like with human cancer. But typically, the technology is, is uh, being used is so accurate, it allows the, the radiation oncologist to, to really hit the tumor and spare the healthy tissue uh, at an alarming rate and really maximizing the tumor ablation and minimizing side effects of the pet. You know, I think one of the things that we've learned from the BEAR survey, surveys one and two, is the cost. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. You know, I think when a, when a pet is, is diagnosed with cancer, you know, the oncologist, radiation or medical oncologist, can choose multiple different ways to treat the pet. It could be radiation only, could be medical oncology only, like chemo, or it could be a combination of the two. So because of that, you know, the stage they catch the cancer, the type of cancer, et cetera, that's going to have a direct impact on the cost. So I think a fair range is, say, probably between $2,500 and then maybe $10,000 plus, you know, in some cases, uh, depending on the treatments. But there are a lot of pet insurance options out there that do really make a big difference for pet owners. And I think that everyone, given the amount that is being spent on pets today and the cancer incidents, along with just other issues, should really look at getting pet insurance because many of these new pet insurance companies are, are taking care of 90% of the, of the costs um, for the pet owner, which is substantial. Well, Eric, I'm sure that our listening audience is very concerned with the discussions that we had, and I want to thank you for joining us in such really great information. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Well, it's always too soon to wrap the show, you know. Before we go, I want to give you a preview of next week's show. Next week, we're going to talk about how Australian wildfires are affecting pets, pet organization, because January's Pet Organization Month, and of course, more. And I want to give special thanks to Dr. Jillian Engles, Olivia Ruhlman, and Igor Popoff, as well as Eric Stewart. And of course, we must always thank our sponsor, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. So now if you have a question, and I love for you guys to write in and ask questions, write us at Team at the Pet Buzz. We'll cover it on next week's show. And 
Of course, if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the link podcast on Monday morning. Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. And as I always say, peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.